This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. Kendo UI allows you to build better apps faster. They have a comprehensive library ranging from data grids and charts to buttons and sliders. Plus, you can use their components as plain JavaScript as well as in Angular, React, and Vue. They have a large collection of customizable popular themes like Bootstrap and Material. Go check them out at reactroundup.com slash kendoui. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. This week on our panel, we have Kent C. Dodds. Hey, hey. Nander Davitt. Hello. Corey House. Hello, everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And uh, this week, we have a special guest, and that is David Atchley. David, do you want to say hi? Hello. Do you want to give us just a brief introduction? Let us know who you are, why you're famous, all that stuff. Oh, well, I don't know about famous, um, but yeah, so I've been, I've been doing software development for 24 years. <laughs> uh, I've been mostly in, in web development uh, for the last 10 to 15 or so and playing around with, with React. I've worked at a couple of startups and large companies, so I'm sort of all over the place, but, but mostly doing uh, client work uh, through uh, a company that that is a sub company that I started with my parent company out here called Tandemly, just outside of St. Louis. Cool. Well, we brought you on today to talk about breaking up higher order functions. And uh, Corey pointed out before the show that we've kind of talked about this to some degree. But do you want to just uh, frame the conversation kind of how you think about it and then we can uh, jump off from there? Yeah, I mean, so higher order components, it's, it's just like... For higher order components, I said functions, got didn't I? You've got a function that, that wraps another function and, and returns a whole new function for you. So that, it works the same way with components, right? So we're basically creating a, a component that takes another component, modifies it a bit, adds some props to it, and then returns a whole new component for you to use. So that's the higher order component uh, part of that. And then render props basically decouples those two. So instead of having a function take another function or a component take a component, we're basically decoupling that and writing a component that takes a single function as a prop. And that function is then responsible for rendering whatever components you want using whatever state props variables you want to pass to it through that single function. And that's, that's really the, the pattern that is render props. So I, I just want to call out the fact that uh, higher order component is actually um, like a misnomer. Uh, it's, it's a, it, like it's an incorrect name. It's what we call it, but um, it, it's supposed to be patterned after the higher order function, like you said, David. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the the thing that it returns is um, a component, um, and so, well, so the um, the thing that you are calling is what we call the higher order uh, component. So, like connect from React Redux or with router from React Router. That, that function is what we call, are calling the higher order component. Um, but that thing is neither a component nor is it higher order because it's, um, it's a function that's returning a component. Um, but I, I think that's like the, the crux of, of things to understand is that um, it's just this function that, that can create components, as you said, David. And, and there are lots of examples of these in, in the wild. So like I said, React Router has one. Um, um, Redux has one. There's uh, styled components and glamorous and emotion. All of these are using higher order component uh, functions. Uh, they're just factories that are creating these components for you. Um, and there are, um, 
yeah, just tons of examples of these. Uh, David, do you want to talk a little bit about what are some of the use cases for higher order components? Or, or are you suggesting that maybe we just only need render props when we want to share code? Uh, what, what's your position on that? Um, so I, I read a lot before I started getting into uh, render props on my own code. I was reading, of course, a lot from uh, the React Router folks, so Ryan Florence and Michael Jackson, um, and their use of them. But really, the fact that you can use a, a render prop anywhere that you could use a higher order component, uh, and the fact that you can do that alone isn't really enough to do that. The reason that I like the render prop pattern is because it's much more explicit and declarative when I'm actually trying to build a component and pull functionality out. If I have a component that I want to render that has a specific function, then I don't want to inundate that, that component with sort of slices of things that aren't within its context, right? It has one specific purpose. It's going to render a button. It's going to render a card, right? It shouldn't have to deal with sort of aspect-oriented programming uh, concepts that I want to shove into it by wrapping it in HOCs multiple times over. So the HOCs sort of build those components for you statically at compile time. And using a render prop, I can take care of that dynamically at render time, and I've got much more flexibility when I'm using that render prop or function as a child. So is there a situation where, where you'd say, like, well, just taking a specific example, um, like Redux, um, like if, if you were, like, w would you suggest not using the connect higher order component and maybe writing a, a render prop instead for using and consuming state in Redux? Um, you could actually try that. I've played around with it a little bit, uh, just in CodePen and other places, but you could easily take something like Redux and, and make it work using a higher order, I mean, a, a render prop. Because really, you're just, all Connect is doing is, is mapping state to props and some other things for you and then passing it down to your component. You could do the same thing and make those all available in a much simpler fashion through a render prop. But that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't use an HOC. I don't think HOCs are going away. I don't think that it's one over the other. I think that it depends on how you're organizing your code, how you're organizing your components. Uh, there's always trade-offs with any pattern. And I think the teams that are trying to determine which way to go just need to take a look at that and determine what's the right one for them. Uh, I just want to call that out, say it again, double testify, whatever you want to call this. I, I totally am on board with the idea of um, you know, think critically about the abstractions that you're using. Um, don't be dogmatic about any of these things. So um, for me, like there, there are already a bunch of libraries that are um, React as a render prop thing. Um, I, in fact, in my advanced React patterns course on Egghead, I, uh, I show you how to create a, a React consumer that's a, a consuming via render prop. And it's great, but it's it's actually like I I think that it's worse. It makes uh, makes things a little bit more um, verbose in un unnecessary ways. And so um, yeah, the the idea that a render prop can totally replace a higher order, order component is totally true. There's nothing you can do with the HOC that you can't do with the render prop. Um, but you need to consider the ergonomics of these APIs. And I, I think um, thinking critically about um, what are the problems that these patterns solve, and am I do I have those problems? And then how does that com that solution uh, to this problem uh, compare to alternative 
solutions. And in my opinion, if you're using React Redux, um, the higher order component uh, for Connect is definitely better than a render prop version of the same thing. Um, because one of the big differences um, between higher order components and render props is that, like, like you said, David, um, render props allow for dynamic uh, composition, whereas um, HOCs are static. But the, um, um, the HOC that React Redux provides um, gives you functions that you can pass to it for all the dynamic capabilities that you would want anyway. So you just pass your map state to props or whatever. Um, and all that dynamic stuff happens within that function, then it, um, it'll give you a component that, that just kind of wraps all that up together for you. One other thing that I don't really, I'm not a huge fan about uh, higher order components is that um, when you, you use them, you're making an entirely different component. And I, I don't like having to make, like create names for things. Right. Um, it's like super annoying. So like with, with React Redux, you normally create your component and then you export default connect your component. Um, and if we didn't do the, exp like if we were going to give a name to that thing, then we would like just say connected, whatever the other name was. And that's kind of useless. And in the React Dev tools, it's, um, it's just another, another layer, layer in the component tree. So I, I generally kind of like to, to lean toward render props for that reason. Um, but anyway, I, just to get back to my original point, I think it's really important for teams to uh, think critically about the patterns that they're using and the problems that those things are solving and, and uh, compare alternatives. Uh, there's not one pattern that um, manages every or, or solves every single problem um, like um, the best way always. Yeah, and I think when I looked through the, the React Redux code before on GitHub early on, uh, in its development, I think it actually was built with a render prop. And then they went to the HOC style after that. There was some discussion on the GitHub issues about that if you dig into the history. So that was that was an interesting factoid when I was looking into who's using render props, who's not. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. If you can dig up where that is, that'd be that'd be cool. Um, that's that's the cool thing about these patterns is that you can actually use them together. And so I, I always suggest people um, if they think that um, somebody would ever want to have the flexibility of a render prop, then definitely, uh, but like most people want an HOC or something, definitely build the render prop and then build an HOC out of that render prop component uh, because it's so much easier. You can't do the other way. You can't make an HOC and then make a render prop out of that. Uh, it doesn't work. But you can do uh, make an HOC out of a render prop component. So I, I totally recommend if you want to share code, first make your render prop component and then make your HOC on top of that. Um, I think that's a pretty solid, uh, solid way to do that. See, I'm actually using uh, render props and a sort of a side project I'm doing right now, writing a survey. But I'm basically taking a component, which is a, a survey provider and a survey consumer, and that survey provider basically feeds context down to the survey consumer, and then the survey consumer is written using a render prop letting me render pretty much any component I want, grabbing information about where in the survey the user is actually at at that point. So that's common use case that I'm using it for right now. Yeah, totally. That's that's a great use case. Have, have you looked into the new context API from React? Oh, I'm very excited about the new context API. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about it a little bit, David? Um, I've, I've only looked at a couple of things, uh, given I don't have my hands on 16.3 yet. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the fact that you're basically building providers and consumers 
uh, is, is a good abstraction for that. And that lets you basically wrap any section of code in a provider and then write specific or non-specific consumers that you can then wrap code that's a child sections of those to grab context from wherever you'd like. I think it's a much cleaner, a cleaner way to pass context and to use context uh, to compose the pages that you're doing with React. And I will say um, that that was a good description of it. Um, uh, I am excited to see the context API, but I also have concerns about misuse with any tool. I've, I've liked for a long time that the context API has been considered a power tool that um, regular developers shouldn't touch. I've, I've considered it a feature that they said, hey, the API may change at some point, use it your own risk. Uh, my concern is the same thing that has happened with Redux, which is um, overuse. 